Hello legends. Today we're going to be chatting about spirited children. Now, I don't know, your spirited child might be your firstborn or maybe it's your last. In my case, it is definitely my middle child. If you follow me on the gram, you will know him as Bobby, also affectionately known as Malat after the serial killer. If you don't follow along on the gram, um, he's my second born child and he was sent from the planet ass handing to basically hand me my ass on the daily. So I think the reason why I really wanted to discuss this topic was because when I became the closest with my community is when I started openly sharing my trials and tribulations about my second born child, Bobby. Now, a little bit of a backstory. I had Charlie first. Now, she was quite a textbook baby. You know, she kind of, she had a few unsettled nights, but she slept through the night relatively soon and she was always giggly and happy and we had her first birthday and she didn't have any teeth and she teethed like an angel and didn't really know they were popping up. And anyway, I don't don't know. I had this kind of metaphorical badge of honor and I, I genuinely thought that my shit didn't stink as a parent. I thought I was lord parent. I thought I had nailed motherhood. I was probably a bit of a cocksucker, if I'm honest. I would walk around the park peacocking, you know, like, look, there's my perfectly behaved daughter, you know, eating from her lunchbox and, you know, sharing all her toys and whatnot. I'm going to be really honest here. I I kind of judged other mothers with wild children and I hate myself for being that person. And I see it in some new mums now and, you know, I, I want to desperately tell them to to not be that person because, you know, there's a high, high chance that the next child you have is not going to be good and you're not a Lord parent and you've just been handed a really incredible child. Anyway, look, I, I, I don't want to shit Cam Bobby at all because he is an incredible child. I absolutely love him to bits, but he is what we call a very, very spirited child. So when he was born, he kind of shot out of me like a cannonball. And like I'm talking from, I had to get induced with him because I had cholestasis. And from the minute the drip went on, he was out within 90 minutes. He came like flying out of me at 100 kilometers an hour. I swear his chin was missing. And that's basically how he's lived his life ever since. So we had a rough start from the get-go. He had a recessed chin and a very tiny little tongue, as well as a posterior tongue tie. So breastfeeding was incredibly painful and very difficult. There was lots and lots of tears from us both. Um, He had his tongue tie revised and he ended up just going on to formula because I remember the lady saying to me, he's never, ever, after we had his tongue tie revised, it kind of sent him even further backwards. Like his little tongue just couldn't even connect with my nipple. So luckily my dolly pardon titties would I could just basically feed, drop them into his mouth and milk myself into there. But there was no longevity in that. And I also had a 22-month-old daughter to look after. So she was like, just put him on the bottle and take care of your own mental health. And I was like, yes, that's just that's what I needed to hear. Anyway, 
He went onto the bottle and the minute he was on formula, he was just the happiest baby. He had a full little tummy. He slept through the night. He was so adorable. I could take him anywhere and everywhere. He lured me into a false sense of security. I used to call him the dream boat and I actually remember saying to my mama, it's almost like it's too good to be true. And well, I was correct. He woke up on his first birthday and it was like he'd had a personality shift. Either that or his body had been flooded with the same amount of testosterone as like a thoroughbred horse. I don't know. But he had so much testosterone and he was so angry. For the next 18 months, his default emotion was rage. Now, it didn't matter what I did. If I said no to him, he would rage. If his dinner wasn't ready, he would rage. If he didn't like his dinner, he would rage. I used to see these mums that had these sons and I'll never forget this one lady who lived in the same um, townhouse type estate as me and she had this son and he was about 18 months old when Charlie was the same age and when he didn't get his own way, he'd start like headbutting concrete and I was quite taken back by that because, you know, I had this perfect little angel child next to me and if she tried to pick him up and stop him from hurting himself, he would throw like left hooks. He would like lash out at her and, you know, being the cocksucker that I was back then, I, I did. I judged and I I couldn't comprehend how a little child could be so angry and so violent and aggressive. And then I had Bobby. So he basically was that little boy that I'd witnessed. And I, I don't know if it's second born children because I know a lot of uh, mums that have their first born as a boy they don't seem to have these I think first borns are just so spoiled with love and attention that it doesn't matter their gender they're always going to be adorable sweethearts and then I think second borns come out and they know they have to constantly fight for your attention and fight for toys and fight for you know to be heard and I think if it's a little girl second I think that the emotions and the they can be really high and for well in my case with Bobby as a second born his default was rage okay so I had just basically gone from you know pe- walking around the park peacocking to basically silently rocking in a corner there was so many long days and so many difficult days he brought me to tears at least once a week and I'm not a crier I'm really not a crier. I'm probably more of a rager as well, but I was just at a loss at how to parent him. And his tantrums were so intense. They weren't like, I'm going to spit the dummy and carry on about something. It, they would, He would scream and rage and he'd be throwing himself on the floor in the middle of a woolly's aisle. He'd be flapping around like Barramundi and I was at a loss of how to handle him because I'd had Charlie who she just – you know, she responded really well to cuddles and she just wanted to be picked up and cuddled and I would whisper some things in her ear and she would calm very easily. Where, Whereas with Bobby, when he is raging, the only thing that you can do is leave him be and you just have to hold space for the little fella and you have to let him get it out. And then you approach 
very slowly with caution. Now, this was a hard learning curve for me because I used to try and go in quite hard. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a perfect mum. I'm so far from a perfect mum. And so I had to learn the hard way with him. Like I tried, I would try and pick him up and cuddle him. And all of a sudden I'm copping left hooks and I'm like, oh, I'm that mum. <laughs> it's not even that there are no bad children. It's only bad parents. Like every child is so different. And therefore your parenting styles and techniques, they have to be applied differently. And for me, I had to basically relearn how to be a mum, but a different mum to Bobby. So for situations like I have a mum's group and I would invite all these mums to come to, come along to this mums group. And all of a sudden when Bobby was like 18 months old and his testy rage was peaking, he would like, he would be violent towards other children. He would be stealing food. You know, I, I never let him get away with things and I would always pull him up on it because, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a pushover mum and I never wanted to give in to like his raging demands because that's just setting a, you know, a precedence. So I would always pull him up and then just the tantrums would ensure he'd be like a bucking bronco. And all I had to do in situations like that was remove him. So I would have to remove him from, you know, cafes. I, I mean, let's be honest, I only ever took him to one cafe where he absolutely totaled a table and I've never taken him back to one since. But I would remove him from mum's group. I would abandon trolleys in the middle of Woolworths. I would do whatever I had to do and I would just remove him from situations and I would take him home. A lot of the times the tantrums were at home and he would just go outside and he would just rage. Like, I'm surprised my neighbours didn't call docs because he just sounded like, it was like I had a a wild chimpanzee in my backyard. So I would just let him, you know, get it all out. And then after he kind of vented and got all his emotions out, then I would approach, then we would have a chat. We would talk about why he got so frustrated and try to evaluate how we got there so quickly. He would, he was just, I swear I have PTSD. Just talking about it brings back like a flood of emotions. He just kept me on my toes constantly. Basically all his emotions, you know, like he's basically me on Shark Week. So on Shark Week, I basically go through all of my emotions, but I feel them in my, their extremity. So when I'm happy, I just feel like I could shit out a rainbow. And when something makes me emotional, like I went for a walk this more uh, the other day and I was like, oh, clean air and Australia is just such a safe place to live. And I, I was, I was literally tearing up. And then when I see Ryan's towel on the bed, I fantasize about setting it alight. So in those five days before my period, which we like to call shark week, I just feel all of my emotions in their extremities. Now that was basically Bobby from one up until about he turned two, I would say. We nicknamed him Malat after the serial killer just because again, you have to have a sense of humor with parenting and that was part of my coping mechanism. But I think what really helped me was sharing so much of it on Instagram. And I think that's because there's such this taboo underlying hidden thing that goes on when you become a parent that you want to have the child that sleeps through the night and you want to have the well-behaved child, the child that eats all the healthy vegetables and stuff. And like, there's this weird thing as a parent where like, 
I don't have it because I'm an oversharer. And but what I've noticed is that because I'm an oversharer and because I was so raw with, you know, my feelings and emotions around parenting a child like Bobby, the more I shared, the more people reached out to me and the less alone I felt and the less alone they felt. I had so, so many messages from other mums saying that they had a child like this, they had a daughter like this, they're really struggling, they'd gone to a, you know, an OT. You know, so many people would try and help me. I got on there, I, you know, I shared it all. I I share I did share some of Bobby's raging, never in intentionally to embarrass him or anything like that, but just so people understood the intense tantrums that he had. It was a cry for help from my end. And I did. I got so much help. I I got parenting techniques, I got, you know, different ways to approach him, different ways to handle him, all of which was so helpful. And I think by me sharing, it also helped others because I guess nobody, well, a lot of people don't want to admit that they have this, you know, quite challenging child. And yet, like, I reckon eight out of 10 parents at some stage, whether it's their first, second or third or fourth child, they're going to have one that is a little bit you know, more spirited than the others. What I really wanted to get to the bottom of with Bobby was, was it underlying health issues or was it a behavioural thing? So if it was a behavioural thing, whether it was like a sensory issue or something to do with his behaviour, I would absolutely have gone down the path of an OT. But it was a lady on my Instagram who actually contacted me. She was a sleep consultant and I'd put up a video. I think we were going to a picnic or something and I was talking about how I didn't want anyone to fall asleep in the car and lo and behold, Bobby had fallen asleep in the car. Now, he was an angry beast, but the thing that I could never put my finger on was he was a very good sleeper. So he would do two, three hour naps every single day. And then he would go to bed at like seven o'clock and he would sleep through till six, seven a.m. The only thing is he would wake up from his day naps or, you know, his 12 hour sleep at nighttime. And he was so angry. He would walk into my room and he'd throw books at our head. He'd demand cereal. I was like, how is this motherfucker so angry when he should be so well rested? Sorry, like I shouldn't have called my kid a motherfucker, but you know what I mean. So I put up this video and Bobby was sleeping. Now he had his head cocked back and he had his mouth open and he'd always been a mouth sleeper, a mouth sleeper, an open mouth sleeper. He didn't snore or anything like that. And he slept for so long. And this lady reached out to me and she goes, oh, hey, hun, um, you know, I'm a sleep consultant. I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to run something past you. Have you ever had Bobby checked out by an ENT? The fact that he sleeps with his head cocked back slightly and his mouth wide open is usually a sign of, you know, an oxygen lacking thing or, and I kind of, I took it on with a grain of salt and I didn't do anything about it for a couple of weeks. And then I remember going in and checking on him one night and I was listening to him sleep And the sound that he was making was like, I'm going to try and do it here. (laughs) I don't know if that sounded like Darth Vader or Bobby sleeping, but it was like he was trying to suction air through a tiny, tiny straw. So what I did is I took a video of it. Um, with the sound on and everything. And I went to my GP and I showed her and she said, yeah, you know what? It's not worth, you know, it's worth a shot taking him to an ENT. 
So I rang the ENT that I got referred to and I couldn't get in for like six months. I said, can I just send through the video of my son sleeping um, just in case it is, you know, a little bit more urgent than what it might be? She said, yeah, that's fine. So I sent through the video of him sleeping and I got a call back within an hour and she said, can you come in in three days time? I was like, okay, cool. Um, Went into the ENT, took Bobby with me. Now, before she had even looked up his nose, she I think she was just observing him and she said to me, have you ever had his iron tested? Now, no, I hadn't because I get really low iron. But for me, low iron means you're really fatigued. You're quite sluggish. You're pretty irritable. I struggle with low iron all the time. I'm constantly on iron supplements. So no, Bobby is hyperactive. He is very irritable. He also can't sit still and they are all the signs of low iron in a child. So it's almost the opposite with children. So when they're very hyperactive, when they're quite restless at nighttime, when they have like a poor appetite and Bobby's appetite had kind of gone to shit by this stage. Um, these are all really good signs, well, really good, not then, they're not good signs, but they're signs of an iron deficiency in children. So she was just observing Bobby and he couldn't sit still, not even for like one second. She was trying to get him in this seat and he'd sit there and then he'd jump up and he'd run around and And she goes, can you just get his iron tested for me in the meantime? But let's quickly pop a uh, camera up his nose. Camera went up his nose. She was like, wow, his adenoids are blocking 90% of his airways. Looked in his throat. She's like, his tonsils are ginormous. I would would remove both immediately. And I was like, to be honest, I almost cried on the spot in that little office because, you know, when you've got a child who is – quite challenging. You almost just want a reason. You want an excuse because you put, you you know, you harvest so much guilt. And I was constantly like, what am I doing wrong? Where have I gone wrong with him? Because he's about as obedient as a mushroom and he doesn't listen to me and he flies off the handle and he's really naughty. And I just don't know what I've done wrong. And so hearing that you know, the poor guy, sure, he was getting 12 hours sleep. His quantity was great, but his quality of sleep was shocking. She basically said that he would never, ever be getting into REM sleep, which is the most important sleep. So that was truly music to my ears. In the meantime, we went, we went and got his iron tested. Now, I think the iron levels with children, they want them to be between like 20 and 120 or something. Don't quote me on that. Bobby's ferritin levels were six. So he was hugely deficient in iron as well. And like, I was also fist pumping at that. That doesn't make me a bad person. I just, I was like, there's a reason for all of this, you know, I guess aggressive behavior and irrational behavior and the meltdowns that would just come out of nowhere and would, you know, last for ages. Anyway, we got him on an iron supplement. And when I say he turned into a different child, I can't even express. He's he's literally a different child. Two weeks within taking the iron supplements, he was a different child. I'm just going to pause to let that sink in. <laughs> he hadn't even had the operation yet, but he was a different child. Yes, he had his meltdowns, but they were so much more controlled and I could bring him back to 
you know, reality a lot quicker. I could bring him back to me a lot quicker. Then he went in and he had his adenoids and his tonsils removed. Now, the two-week recovery was brutal, but would I do it again in a fucking heartbeat? Because he's like, it's like a new child. All of the best qualities about him, the loving, the really thoughtful side of him, they're still all there. And don't get me wrong, he's still the he can still be hard work and he's still very naughty, but he like, it's just like his emotions can be regulated now because he's so well rested. So when he goes to bed, he puts himself to bed most nights at 7 p.m. and he is asleep within 60 seconds. And when he wakes up, he will walk through my door of a bedroom. Good morning, mum. And it... (laughs) I can't even explain how much it changed our life and how much it changed his life. And that's the most important thing. It has helped him so much. He's just such an incredible child. And I wanted all of those good parts of him to shine through more so than the, the angry, you know, chimpanzees vibes that he used to give off. He just brings out his best self all the time and people get to see, you know, the sweetest, most loving child more so than they get to learn, like more so than they ever used to see Malat. I don't even call him Malat anymore. Like it doesn't even suit him anymore because he's not an angry beast. He's just a real total sweetheart and it was honestly the best thing I ever did. So I guess... The whole point of this episode, because so many people send me messages asking about his iron and asking about the adenoids and the tonsils. If you suspect that there are, you know, sleep issues at play, going and seeing an ENT is so fine. Like you can get a referral and you can go and see one. Even if she, even if you go and see one and they say, no, actually the adenoids are totally fine or no, his tonsils are fine. Like my ENT doesn't just take stuff out for the sake of it. Only when it is super disruptive and affecting their sleep that will she say absolutely they need to be removed. So if you think that there are things at play there, absolutely investigate. If you think there is low iron, absolutely investigate that as well. Uh, I guess a bit of background at the moment, we got Bobby's iron done and he was really low. So we went on the supplement for three months, got his bloods tested again, and his iron was right back up to where it needed to be. Now, a year later, I actually noticed his tantrums coming on a lot more aggressively. And I instantly said to my husband, I bet you his iron's low again. So we went and got his bloods taken again. And sure enough, his iron was right back down to six or seven. He's also, when I was there, I would also recommend getting a blood count across a a few things. So we got like his thyroid, we got vitamin D, we got a few things checked um, and and his iron came back low as well as his vitamin D this time as well. So look, we are going to go to a pediatrician to understand why his iron keeps going low. Um, It may be that, you know, you know, everybody's different, like... 
my mum barely drinks, but she's got the liver of an alcoholic and my dad drinks a lot of wine and he's got a pristine liver. So everybody's body just absorbs things differently. But for some reason, Bobby's iron doesn't, Bobby's body doesn't absorb iron. So I think we're going to try and get to the bottom of that. So I guess the whole point of this episode was I, I, I wanted to share the journey on how I got to where I am now with Bobby. But I also, I just, I, I know that there are a lot of mums out there that do struggle um, with children that are not you know, the textbook norm or so to speak, what they thought that they were going to be. And just know that if you are, you know, dealing with a more spirited child who feels all of their emotions in, you know, all of their extremities, that there are ways to help them. So, you know, you can rule out underlying medical issues. You can rule out iron and stuff like that, making sure that they've got enough sleep, but also it could be a behavioral thing. So they could have sensory issues or there could be something underlying and it is so worth investigating. Do it for the child. Do it for the child and then you will reap the benefits of it because once a child is able to regulate their emotions better or you can put things into place that helps them, you know, grow as a child, it's only going to be beneficial for the both of you. I hope this has been helpful. I really do. It is so worth digging a little deeper and um, getting the best version of your child out there. I don't even know if that makes sense. But thanks for joining me on this podcast. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. I hope it's been informative and helpful and I'll see you again next week. Bye for now.